Welcome to the modern erotic, a place to delight in, discover and indulge in the many ways we can open to receive more pleasure in our daily lives. Pleasure is nourishment, pleasure is power, and in these times, pleasure is a deep form of resistance. Join me, your host, Sophia Shawkon, as we travel the scenic route through the landscape of the erotic. Hello, and welcome back to The Modern Erotic. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you this week? I don't know about you, but I am so tired. We've had this enormous Pisces full moon, which hit earlier this week, and I have just not slept. I've had about three nights where I haven't been able to sleep, and I don't know how you're faring, where your energy's at, but I know today I'm feeling like I need to go quite gently, and that's why this podcast is a little bit delayed in coming to you, because I needed a a gentler process of weaving this podcast together. And the reason I mention the moon is this week we're going to be talking to our beloved Sarah Zoltash, who is an incredible astrologer, seer, grief tender, artist and modern mystic. And I have been reconnected with her through an incredible podcast project that she launched a a couple of months ago. Uh, which she creates with Melissa Tofton, who's an erotic embodiment coach and powerful priestess. And they have created an offering which is a beautiful mixing of uh, celestial guidance and sex magic ritual. So I'm going to be talking to her about the stars and our body and our pleasure, her journey with pleasure and how it's shaped who she is in the world and what her offerings are and I'm going to introduce Sarah formally because she has such an incredible bio that she sent me and I really want to do her the honour of uh, really sharing that with you because it shows what an incredible range Sarah has um, and how much experience she's had professionally and through how she's chosen to weave her life. So we're going to take a little moment and I'll introduce Sarah formally and then we'll get going so sending love i hope you can settle down and enjoy this and rest up over this weekend and get some astrological insights for the way ahead with love sophia Okay, I hope you're sitting comfortably because I'm about to introduce beloved Sarah Zoltash. Here we go. Beloved Sarah Zoltash is a British Iranian artist, diviner and public mystic, a fellow of the Schumacher Institute, associate fellow of St. Ethelberger's Centre for Reconciliation and Peace, and committed member of Extinction Rebellion's UK Vision Sensing, Ceremonies, Guardianship and Faith Bridge groups, and co-founder and co-host of XRTV. She holds a BA and MA in performance, postgraduate qualifications in Persian language and literature, and Arabic language and further studies in law, Quranic Arabic, astrology and sustainable ecologies. 
Sarah spent her formative years inspiring audiences and growing communities as a performance artist, singer and host, cutting her teeth at the radical political grassroots end of showbiz. Sarah's life was transformed in 2011 when she began offering her own unique adaptation of the Islamic call to prayer in unusual contexts all over the world, interpreting Allah as oneness, dramatically shifting the emphasis of the prayer. Rebelliously ordained as beloved Sarah Zoltash by her communities of queer, radical, emancipatory and transformational spiritual practice, Beloved Sarah is a non-denominational minister for a world in crisis. Dedicated to using her gifts as a creator, performer, DJ, poet, singer, facilitator, teacher, space holder, ritualist, diviner and community organiser to catalyse the great turning of our shared being. Her initiatives, Ministry of Us, Approaches to Embodied Islam and Divination for Justice are examples of ways that beloved Sarah interweaves her skills with the values of justice, honesty, courage, glory, power, humility, integrity and inquiry. She is a lifelong student of theological, esoteric and mystical practices from multiple traditions and teachers, specifically all Abrahamic faiths, Zoroastrianism, Buddhism, Druidry, multiple animistic and pagan practices and applied thermaturgy with professional skills in astrology, grief tending and ancestral lineage repair. She is inspired by her ancestors, the stars, the land, the rivers and the birds and all of their pathways of faith and persistence. Isn't that an incredible bio? I love it. So with that, I am going to roll the tape of our vibrant conversation that we shared earlier this week and I so hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, here we go. Yeah, I keep I keep I'm reading a lot about AI at the moment, and I keep um, like every time technology does something wondrous, I, I I've been saying the phrase um, witness the offering of the machine, like just to try to like try to like AI is going to come, and we need to figure out how it's sacred, and yeah. so just by like every time that like, we can do something like this, like it's like wow, witness the offering of the machine. Wow, thank you. <laughs> I'm literally on my knees in front of you. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. Look what it's doing for us. It's amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. Wow. Well, Sarah, beloved Sarah Zoltash, it's so lovely to have you here on The Modern Erotic. Thank you for joining me. Yes, yes thank you so much for having me. It's really lovely to be in conversation with you. I feel honoured. Thank you. Oh, a complete pleasure. Well, I, we, I mean, we've known each other for quite a long time but in very large concentric circles of friendship and you rotated round back into my orbit through your incredible new podcast offering which was the ritual sex astrology podcast which I loved from the first moment I heard it and it's an offering that you're creating with um, Melissa Tofton who's an erotic embodiment coach and priestess and I I just was mystified by I think your connection with Melissa is a joy to listen to as well because how you explore these massive topics is 
is very fruity and very well read but with incredible humour and personal experience and it was just such a joyful combination to receive from both of you and I did one of the the um, embodiment practices after listening to your incredible astrological forecast which it was it was it was it, it completely changed me um having that really beautiful connection to the stars and being in my body and I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about how you came up with the idea and the concept and what that journey has been for you in creating the podcast. Mm, thank you so much. I'm really glad to hear that it has been um, transformative for you because really that's the, um, that's my desire is to offer things, things into the world that support people to evolve, support people to change, not to say it has to be this way or it has to be that way, but just to be like, oh, did you need some change on your path? Here's, here's something that might help you. And Lovely. with astrology and also sex magic, I just, I start from a place of knowing that they are our two most powerful forms of magic. The other types of mm. magic, land magic, card magic. And I say, I'm saying magic is like spiritual, magical practice rather than, you know, card tricks and bunny rabbits and stuff. Although sleight of hand mm. and smoke and mirrors is interesting. I'm talking more about how do I channel? How do I summon? How do I draw in the energies of life, the full energies mm -hmm. of life, the life that's here and the life that's all the way out there as well? How can I let that move through me so that my will, my desire can come into being and also that my will and my desire can be well, you know, can be of benefit, mm -hmm. can be in alignment mm -hmm. to all that is. And yeah, there's loads of types of magic, but I think the sexual energy of the body, eros, is so, I mean, it's everything, isn't it? It's life force. It, everything comes from there. And then the ancient magic of astrology, you know, that mm -hmm. we have for as long as we have been looking, we've been looking at the stars and we've been mm -hmm. looking at them and understanding things about them. And they are also celestial bodies. We talk about the planets as celestial bodies, cosmic bodies in motion. And so to tune our body into the energy of the planets, to me was like, okay, this is, this is the magic that wants to be woven. This is that double helix mm. that often really great magic is about weaving together two different pathways in order to create a third thing that couldn't be without it. And yes, I mean, that's all like me being very excited about it. But the truth is that, the Ritual Sex Astrology podcast began because I'd spent far too many years um, trying to self-pleasure to just average astrology podcasts or like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. doing my own astrology and then being like, okay, how do I, I really want to bring that thing that Mars is doing into my body and, and kind of, you know, then you're like holding space for yourself as well as like trying to move through the journey as well. Yeah, challenge. Yeah, and doing almost impossible. Yeah, right. It's like you need someone needs to mm -hmm. hold space or something needs to hold space. And during mm. lockdown earlier this year, I was listening to lots of guided meditations and also doing lots of astrology, of course. And I really I was like, do you know I'm tired of spaffing to Kaipatra? I need something better. <laughs> 
I've never done that. In the yeah, years I've been listening to him. I've never, never fancied it. It's actually. not. It doesn't. It doesn't really ever take me there, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> and that's when I contacted Melissa, my dear friend and incredible sex witch priestess, who just you know pushes the limits and boundaries of sexual possibility for themselves, mm-hmm. but also for the communities that they tend. And I was just like, mm-hmm. Melissa, I've I've had this idea. Do you fancy doing like a kind of podcast that's astrology and sex magic together so that people can bring the magic of the stars into their bodies and empower Mm. themselves through that way and manifest what they want and they in characteristic fashion were like fuck yes and and so yeah we just began it it began it began like that really and we've been working our way through it and learning more about how to put a podcast together and and just really enjoying the process of co-weaving our magic Mm, gorgeous gorgeous well it's it flows through you both in the most incredible way and oh I can't wait for the next one it's just it's always so lovely to receive because I think also your astrological forecasting and insight you're just so well researched and it feels like you're not just within the western tradition of astrology you're looking at this whole kind of ancient global system of learning and to feel that to learn about that through you and to get very different reflections about the planets and what they mean I think is is really refreshing Mm. um so yeah I love to to feel that there's something very ancient about the way you work um uh, yeah I just I love oh, that so thank you welcome yeah I work with so many different traditions much like all of my spiritual work and all of my creative work I feel mm. um, blessed to be positioned in the kind of like buffet of life you know at this place mm. of um like I've grown up in western Europe where access to information is really really widely available my family are from Iran yeah. And so the actual ancient lineages of astrology really do live through my bones. And having the Babylonians and the Iranians, you know, the, 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 the Magi that follow a star to go and find Jesus and Jesus is born, they are Iranian wizards, effectively. You know? yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and I feel blessed to be able to access such a variety of understanding, whether it's Vedic or the Mayan or working with the Oum or working with Tarot or working with dream, dream systems. Like, Judaism, Islam, Christian. I just, I just think if I just absorb this and then it move through me, um, mm. then it gets to be a voice for this time that cannot. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess I, I, I guess I'm seeking to maximize my own uniqueness in that moment so that it may be an offering, you know, rather than being like, oh my god, I'm so different, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but and I think that's also that's something that's so beautiful and also maybe a reflection on feminine insight. It's it's not about that division, it's about the understanding of how things connect and where the similarities are within these different um cultures. It's like they all come through human beings and human beings essentially are the mm-hmm. same but how we perceive, how we understand the stories that we've created to make meaning in our lives, you know, all follow different traditions, but it's lovely that there's this unification and um, just that kind of smorgasbord that unifies them and brings them together through you in such a unique unique way. It's fabulous. And I know you've been doing really fascinating kind of research 
just you know you seem like such a brain and such an intellect and you can tell that you're so passionate about researching and reading and um I know you have a background also from being a performance artist which um I've I've kind of watched your journey with that through social media from a distance I've never been in one of your performances but that's you know that's again that's something where you've looked very deeply at your roots and really reflected a very contemporary approach to something that's intrinsic to your Mm. religion which is glorious so I don't, don't know if you'd like to maybe share the journey from that that past space of being a, mm. an artist into kind of astrology and how they yes. interlink and if, if pleasure was part of that journey yes. as well yes for sure the pleasure although I didn't identify it as such I don't think I had conscious language around it I definitely understood the importance of having a good time and understood the the yeah. need to put that kind of front and center in some ways like yeah but we have to be having a good time that's what I would have said you know I grew up in Reading so we didn't have much conscious language where I was growing up it wasn't cosmopolitan (laughs) we just talked about like good times and bad times but um and I have my north node conjunct Venus in my 11th house as well which for people who you know feel acquainted with astrology they'll know that that means that for me putting desire and pleasure and and central experience you know front and center with my friends especially with my networks and with my communities and then um finding a way to like bring out the medicine of that has felt like my work Mm. in this lifetime and so my journey with that really begins Very early on, I went to a Catholic school where I was told that to hide your light under a bushel is a sin. And this kind of strong sense Mm. of like, even though I'm not a Christian, I was this Muslim girl in a Catholic school, this sense of like, oh, like, like if I need to sing, I need to sing. If I need to dance, I need to dance. Mm -hmm. And that actually it's like counteractive to divine energy, whether that's a Christian God or a Muslim God or whatever, was something that really like held me up many times in my life whether it was with my parents who were like please just go and get a proper job or whether it was like expectations (laughs) of society who again were like please just go and get a proper job when I was like like just all about like exploring this deep and really powerful like gushing um force of creativity that I experience in life of like wanting to Mm -hmm. do stuff make stuff sing things create shows for people cabarets festivals like you know and, mm-hmm. and then once with the training, then, you know, pieces of performance art that, that I realized that like having life as my first medium, you know, as my first material and carving and shaping yeah. life can be so creative and, and would transform me. But also um, somebody once said to me, wow, Sarah, sometimes you do things that make me see that you can do anything with your life. And I that, like, wow, Amazing. okay. Like if I do things with my life, it, it can expand the field of possibility for others and and then and astrology and divination and magic and spirituality were always part of that I never um I never went through an atheist phase I had a brief moment of saying I was agnostic just because everybody else was an atheist but I was like (laughs) this no I love God and and I love God and I just I I love God the way some people love food or gardening you know I just like all the God so much God which type of God like let me learn let let it move through me let let it express itself through my being and or let me be an expression of of that God or, or however we like to think about it yeah. and um and then I had a period 
after much un unfathomable success for for where I felt I started from um these sort of very humble roots as a child of immigrants in Reading to traveling around the world and offering my own unique adaptation of the Islamic call to prayer, um, to, so, mm -hmm. which women aren't normally allowed to do in order to bring people the pleasure of hearing the call in a woman's voice. Because mm. it totally changes people's yeah. conception of Islam to hear that. And, yeah. and the, yeah. I just got oh, shivers when you said oh, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Islam's a powerful, powerful magic to be working with. You know, it really moves mm. things. And the, yeah, that that I was, I've been on a big journey with that for the last decade. And somewhere along the way, it, I needed to step back, to step away from the razzle dazzle and the kind of, you know, people wanting to hold you up as some kind of like rebellious prophetess and be like, yeah, but yeah. what about my body? What about my, my essential mm -hmm. needs? Like, what about my livelihood? How do I sustain myself, mm -hmm. you know? And and it was in that space of pulling back with some illness that I experienced that astrology grew in my garden. Like lots of other things, mm -hmm. I stopped watering them. I stopped feeding some of the rest of the stuff. And instead astrology just like, yeah. wow, 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 was just moving through me so rapidly, so easily. It was easy for me to study. I just seemed to like pick it up really quickly and then started reading for friends and family as people do. Actually was one of those people who anytime anyone did anything, they could fart and I'd be like, well, actually that's interesting because <laughs> your is currently where your digestive system is. And yeah, at some point somebody, somebody who really believed in my gifts said to me Sarah you know you should be doing this for people stop trying to push it on your friends like go and find a way to turn this into some kind of livelihood for yourself Let it support that you. was, yeah. yeah and that was two years ago and mm. what I've found the more I work with it is that the the astrology when we are when we are as human animals in our most natural state when we are loosened from our conditioning, when we are close to our wildness, mm. we just enact what the stars are drawing in, you know, that the energy of the planets, the fixed stars, the sun, the moon, and the asteroids and other things that you can take into account, they, when it's like when we stop trying to control life and we just are life, mm. we express the, 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 yeah. the celestial movements. And... Yes. And, and then we are, are aligned. And then actually, even when things are challenging, there's an ease to them. And, mm. and, that's, and, and that feels like a really powerful kind of like guiding force of my work to be able to bring people into that, just that alignment with, with the biggest story, the biggest story that we have. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and, I love that. And also it's it's almost like when, you know, because in the orgasmic state, it's a complete surrender to that pleasure and to that divine energy, that or that crescendo of divine energy. And it's almost like when we're in communion we're not with our body and with our pleasure state. And like you say, that primal intention of just us being without being Sophia Shulkon or Sarah Zoltash or whoever, it's like that, yeah, it's just we're we're released from the perceptions that we have of ourselves and we're open mm. in such a glorious way mm. love that mm. yeah delicious so I mean 
With pleasure. I mean, it sounds like it has been front and center to your journey of discovery and also to finding the next chapter of your purpose. And through this crazy time, astrology has become something that's maybe become much more important for people. I mean, it was definitely on the rise, I think, over the last few years. But I know for me, I've been very plugged into you know, really taking much more account of what's happening with the full moons and the transits and just trying to get to understand the language of this bigger map because it seems to be having so much relevance and reflection with what's going on in the world. Um, And I, yeah, I guess, you know, through lockdown and through this time, have, has your relationship to your pleasure changed at all what have been your your learnings how have you plugged into it what's been your journey through this time of of self-soothing and yeah enjoying time yes yes exactly just like that's that's it it's like enjoying time and myself I love the way they put that (laughs) because we've had so Um, much of that (laughs) I first I wanted to say that Neptune is currently in Pisces and whenever Neptune Pisces mm. astrology takes a, like just like a big boost it grows you know Neptune is, mm. is is our is that connection to the cosmic divine to oneness and Pisces is its home and so yeah I just wanted to say that in case you were like why is astrology happening so much now yeah. actually like lots many of the astrologers That's will say right. that Neptune in Pisces and and so it's a good time for um it's like an almost it's almost like a kind of um the time when as an astrologer or as anyone doing magical practice, spiritual practice, it's a good time to all of the wares that you have prepared to put them out, you know, and just be like, okay, people, what do you need? Because the people who aren't so interested in astrology, they're kind of like going to kind of back away again in a few years time, but now is that time to kind of, you know, and pleasure for me over the last um, few months has been something that I really didn't realize I had let go of that mm-hmm. not so much let go but I was finding my pleasure in short-term and unhealthy methods of basically just coping and um propping mm-hmm. myself up you know like propping myself up with you know smoking a cigarette or drinking a coffee or watching on Netflix yeah. and I especially I was very very involved with Extinction Rebellion with the greatest movement Extinction mm-hmm. Rebellion kind of holding a space of sacred activism in there in different ways and the movement is so powerful and so strong and so fast that the octave of pleasure just becomes like that. It just becomes like, where can I, have a meal? Where can I just get some rest, you know? And then with lockdown, I went into this, yeah, kind of retreated, was able to be more peaceful. And in that peace, realized that actually what the very thing that had pushed me into kind of distracting myself with politics and with these short term things were almost like grip like phantoms gripping my pleasure like old things, mm. old things that had brought me pleasure which I no longer wanted to be in relationship with whether that's partners or practices or kind of um, versions of how I would dress or how I present myself that meant that every time I came to self-pleasuring every time I came to just being with the feelings of my body and allowing their story to speak to me and show me what where I was, what I wanted, mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, I don't want to, you know, like hit this like phantom, like, mm. oh God, ghost. And um and then and then on the recommendation of a good friend, I bought pleasure activism. And 
And mm-hmm. in the very first chapter of Pleasure Activism, Adrian Murray Brown is like, before you even start reading this, go and masturbate. And I was like, well, if Adrian is telling me, then it's <laughs> like, well, I mean, I, I, I am just here to serve in this moment. Then I'm to attend, sure, okay. And, and, and through reading Pleasure Activism and through kind of just really honoring, not just on an intellectual level, what Adrian Murray Brown is bringing, but going like, Hey, and this mm. isn't this isn't a blog post I'm skimming. I, I'm committing to this. Like, yeah, like I'm it. just gonna I'm gonna be with this. And um, and I discovered that underneath those phantoms and underneath those old beliefs and old stories that I was almost trapping my pleasure in, was a very powerful connection to my experience of sexual energy that was so powerful Mm. that I almost felt frightened to admit it to myself. Mm. I'd understood Mm -hmm. this really powerful thing, personal powerful thing um, at a tantric women's retreat by the incredible Clara Gomez Santos. If you don't know her work, please check it out. Um, Yeah, she's amazing. And it was a women's retreat. And Mm. there I had connected to my pleasure and my sexual energy and realized that my astrological work, my divining work, my um, deeper visioning, my ancestral connection, basically all the kind of like magic, psychic, intuitive, everything that, you know, I'm, I'm working and developing skills with now, but the raw energy, mm-hmm. when it is like a way for me to know that that is aligned that I'm on the right course that I'm on the right track that the information I'm receiving from spirit is is just what is 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 true information and not just my mind's projections is that my whole yeah. pussy starts to just like come to life <laughs> and, mm. and yes yeah I feel it. it I feel it I feel turned on when there is a truth about you know someone's past life or my past life or something that's happening in this moment like an intuition about something that's where I feel it and I call my Mm. I call my business down there I call it Babylon and one of the things yeah one of the things that I say (laughs) or I was saying to myself silently but wasn't saying to the world as I am now um is that Babylon tells the truth you know like a bell that's only rung when the truth is being spoken or heard and and it was that mm. connection that I was able to surrender to and admit to this during lockdown and mm. this year of like, stop hiding this, you know, perhaps there are other femme people, other other people who have some of this same equipment who experience that too. Yeah. And from there, their feminine energy and their feminine leadership and the insight and wisdom in the world can take a real root, you know, because when Babylon yes. is speaking to me, I feel very confident and able to be like, actually my friend mm-hmm. this is this is the way I don't need like a billion blog posts and political tweets and things to say this this is the way um, and yeah. so yeah that's been my pleasure journey which again I guess still sounds pretty intellectual I guess I am I am pretty intellectual um, I, I drank <laughs> oh, I drank yeah. a lot of rose yeah. tea that's <laughs> a very embodied thing I was doing <laughs> yeah. love it Gosh, well, I think, I mean, that the power yeah. of Babylon or your cunt, your pussy, whatever you want to call her, um, is extraordinary. And I think it's something that we have not really been, we haven't learned this because 
the lines have been broken through time that women have been so separated from the wisdom of their bodies that actually our generation are rekindling reigniting and remembering this connection and I think that's that was what was one of the things that was very powerful in the ritual that I did on your podcast was when you know when Melissa said put one hand on your heart and one hand you know on your sex and it was just like oh my god then I realized it was like the responsibility Mm -hmm. is mine and the power Mm -hmm. is mine and it was just this incredible sense like body sense of the power that's stored within that aspect of our bodies. And I think uh, on my own journey, I've been doing quite a lot of womb work and ancestral he- healing and clearing. And I had this thing where I, I, I had something move between my, my vagina, my womb, my heart, my throat, and you know, my, my upper chakra. And it was like, wow, this is, this mm. is the channel where we mm-hmm. are a channel. And I think it's, you know, finding spaces where we can find safety and comfort in our bodies so that we can develop a relationship with our bodies so that it can give us this incredible amount of information that we're here to receive and can guide us yes. so beautifully. Yes, absolutely. So joyfully, joyfully. and tenderly and mm. with that kind of raw yes. authenticity that comes from felt experience that can be supported yes. by the intellect, but but it has to begin with yeah. what we feel, so, you know. Hand in hand. There's yeah, a political exactly. aspect to this as well, to to that um, for me is why that I feel some, I guess like a little fire under my bum about getting this work out there because at, mm. in January, on the 17th of January this year, Pluto conjunct Saturn in Capricorn and there's lots of places you can read about what that did, but it basically is just like the beginning of the end of something. And I felt yeah. I was in ceremony on that day and I felt it so strongly like a megaphone coming from, from the world. Patriarchy yeah. is over. Patriarchy is dead. Like mm-hmm. this is the moment there is no more. And then I, and then immediately following that, I was like, dang, I had so much compassion for the men. And also, wow, mm, like men's mm. people, we need to step up. Like if patriarchy is over and the men men folk are not going to be in charge, holding the responsibility, dragging the machine along, you know, all of this work they've done for so long. They are they're tired. tired. They're tired. Yeah, they're tired. And if they're to be kind of, you know, decommissioned as such, someone's someone's got to be in charge. And we need to access the fullness of our strength as womb people um, in order to in order to like you know power when there is a void like doesn't doesn't just go away it just becomes in ways that we um, have less control over and and I do believe Mm -hmm. in giving people the um, ability to control their own power I don't I'm not of the word power I think that actually if we're all just very conscious of it and understand what we can do to contribute to power in ways that will benefit everybody then that's all we can do with our lives and so yeah there is that kind of there is a bit of a political I would love to see everybody doing the rituals listening to the ritual sex astrology podcast and the kind of ripple effects of of this in these empowerment exercises to start to show themselves in that mm. wider context of mm. that we, we need we need as a society absolutely well I, I think also you know kind of reflecting back on that kind of political aspect of this work I think you know that's 
that idea that there is somebody else who will govern, who will look after, that is an idea that is connected to patriarchy. And actually, you know, we're here to look after ourselves. We're here to look after our communities, our families and the land that we're present on. And that kind of old idea that someone's going to come and save us and make it all better, wave a wand and suddenly everything's going to be all right is kind of that's dead and buried with that idea of the patriarchy. And one of the things, because we had a, a conversation before this podcast, which you were talking about time you'd spent with yes. the Fenet, um, which please, yeah, just please expand on that because there were details about kind of feminine earth-based leadership, which I think mm. is so relevant to doing mm. this work. So yeah, mm. just tell me a little bit and share, share your experience with that and fill people in as well. Yes, Kohenet ab- is. absolutely. I mean, Yes, I will happily talk about the Kohenet for as long as anyone will allow me to, because I have been so encouraged and transformed by them as an organization and also the individuals within it. So the Kohenet is a Jewish um, leadership school, Mm -hmm. let's call it that to begin with. Mm -hmm. It's equivalent to rabbinical training, except that it is in female-led, earth-based Judaism. Yeah. And the founders of the Kohenet School, um, Taya Sher and Jill Hammer, both incredible rabbis in their own work, but who, for different reasons, wanted to understand more fully the feminine archetypes that were present in Judaism, to mm-hmm. bring the stories of, sometimes the stories of the women in the Hebrew scriptures is half a fragment of a sentence, you know, but it's enough that with the skill of an exegete like Jill Hammer, you can, she can piece together the lives of those women, whether they were the women who like, were holding certain ceremonial objects in temple or whether they were women who are offering songs at a certain time. And really what the Kohenet do, especially with Teo Sher, the other co-founder who brings in lots of um, sexual practice, lots of embodiment practice, lots of work with the voice and pleasure mm. and food and dance and song, um, they, they are reimagining and reviving the female leadership within Judaism and from this earth base. And I discovered the Kohenet when I was um, researching um, feminist interpretations of Abrahamic scripture in to, yeah, to support my own work of working with the Quran and working to understand how the feminine voice can move through these ancient words, you know, Mm. to to respect and to recognize that these ancient words were written by men and therefore will uh, omit the perspectives of women. And, And so how can we understand more fully this, the divine transmission in scripture by by also remembering and and repopulating that landscape with femininity um mm, and, and beautiful that's uh, so <laughs> that i love that concept uh, yeah because it, it again it stops that kind of rejection and separation but it's the the welcoming in yeah. and the reviving yes um which is just gorgeous yes mm. yes i think a lot my my main conception of the divine is of oneness and you can't have oneness if it's a half you know <laughs> The, the, just the last piece I'd really love to say about the Kohenet is that um, I was so fortunate to not only discover the Kohenet, but to be to be recognised by Jill and Taya as a woman seeking to do the same work as them, mm. but from patch of the garden, you know. Yeah. And they've been so supportive of 
my desire to bring the feminine into Islam. Mm -hmm. And there's an ancient relationship between Jewish people and Muslim peoples, this mm -hmm. sense of Jewish people being almost like elder cousins who've experienced more. And so we can learn mm -hmm. from Jewish people. And I felt that definitely being like a, like a trellis that I kind of clung to for a little while whilst I was growing, like, should I really be doing this? Yeah. Where, and finding not a lot of community support in the UK, but then working with the Kohenet, going to some of their retreats, doing some of their online work where, you know, where I'm like, hey, I kind of like, I'm like an astrology sex witch of Islam. <laughs> and they're like, great, cool. That's brilliant. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you know, um, so, so yeah. Wonderful. What a joy to find community and also elders mm -hmm. who you can learn from their tradition. And yeah. And also, I think, you know, with all of teetering into this work, some are more established than others, but it can feel dangerous, mm -hmm. especially, you know, with religion yeah. and reinterpretations of that. So I would imagine it. Yeah. The the sense of relief to feel that support must have been incredible for you. Yeah, the edges dangerous. Like it's that's a that's a really it's something that I was super naive about when my work first began. And I was like, oh, but it is beautiful and people will like it and therefore I will be fine. You know, I'll be protected mm -hmm. by the beauty of my offerings. And while mm -hmm. that has been mostly true, um, actually remembering the danger, remembering um, the challenges that you're going to face. It's mm. really a way of honouring those who have gone before and have gone into mm. territory and seeing, wow, their work was not easy. We did not gain rights. We did not gain increased equality. We did not gain increased liberation because it was easy. They, they yeah. also experienced danger and let that not be a reason to stop. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's where growth happens in that space of discomfort and, and risk, calculated risk. Um, so let's come back to astrology. And I would love to, I know you've had a look at the charts for today. Um, and I would love to talk to you about astrology and Eros mm -hmm. at this time, because um, we're recording this on Thursday, and this is going to go out well, on Friday, you'll hear this. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it'd be lovely just to get a little bit of insights as to what's happening. Because we've just had this big Pisces full moon mm -hmm. and just connected to love, relationship, pleasure. What's happening in the cosmos right now that might be useful for our listeners to feel into? Yes. Oh, wow. There is, there is so much in 2020 that we can work with, as well as the being given you know a kind of bomb site a, a construction zone a destruction zone um to have to make our way through we're also being given so many tools and strategies and ideas to be able to set our path through this kind of mess if we want mm -hmm. to do that um mm -hmm. i say that because palace athena the asteroid that relates to intuitive emergent systems instructions methodologies is conjunct the big kind of big big old 
burly planets that are um, nestling together in Capricorn, Jupiter, Pluto and Saturn, all of them in Capricorn. I call them the Corona party, like this kind of burly set of dudes dancing around their handbags on the dance floor and like to this really intense techno that's like literally shaking the house down. But we need them to, you know, you know, sometimes mm. when you're dancing and you're like, no, but I need to <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have this like strong, muscular, like need to just like tear it all down. And mm -hmm. opposite them at the moment, we have Venus in Cancer. And when I'm looking at mm. um, the astrology in relation to Eros, of course, we need to look at Venus. We need to look at the experience of the five senses, what we desire, what we value, our sexual drives, like what makes us feel good and also what makes mm. us feel bad, right? Mm. And that's the thing with Venus opposite the Corona party. There's a little bit of like, you guys are all out there raving. I'm trying to get comfortable in my bed. You know, like <laughs> I want to make nice cozy soups. Why are you making this so hard? And also like, <laughs> you know, also like, like it has like Venus and Cancer can have a bit of a whiny, needy quality, but it's important, mm -hmm. you know, as people tuning into our Eros to be like, okay, I am being told that my needs are not being met and perhaps I'm trying to get something that the world just can't offer me right now you know and you know you have that friend who's trying to have a nap in the back of a car in the middle of a rave and you're like babe like we, we really can't turn this down like either either you get up and dance with everybody else or like you're gonna have to find a different way to meet your needs and mm -hmm. that's not easy with Venus in Cancer there's this like we especially because it's squaring Juno the planet of partnership but not just partnership like marriage and partners long-term partners although it is that but also I mm -hmm. think of Juno as an expression of the divine masculine feminine the yin the yang the self and other the kind of that paradox of oneness of the single oneness and the full oneness the marriage mm. of those concepts too that mm. with venus in cancer is squaring juno in libra then it's gonna with that kind of need the resentment that comes from needs not being met the kind of give or take like trading of i did this for you and you did this for me and and how am i going to get what i want or all this kind of like um like sort of verging on like possessive mm. behavior mm -hmm. brings with it a bunch of having a few technical difficulties but we're back online yeah. <laughs> so we were talking about that comes with what that brings that brings concepts yes. those, those feelings, exchange yes, yes those feelings that venus is having wanting comfort wanting to be held wanting to be nurtured wanting a family wanting to be with family mm -hmm. wanting to be in the home like it will bring up lots of abstract um, concepts, really, they're just concepts. They're like thought processes by which we organize our relationships. You know, whether mm. that's ideas about dependency, codependency, attachment, interconnection, um, whether it's like about betrayal or adultery or, you know, fidelity and cheating, faithfulness, all of these things are mm. concepts by which we organize and understand our emotional and felt experience. And so there might be, you know, if we, if we're get too stuck into, too focused on the big burly guys having their dance party and destroying the world, we also can get into that like, oh, what's it doing to me? And what mm. psychic stuff is it doing to me? Like what, what, what psychic shifts is my erotic body participating in, in this moment in history, you know? And mm. that, I mean, some people 
like that. I like it's good. It's nice to like be with to be with that energy and to like give your surrender your own individual personal erotic energy to the transformations that are required on that global social level. And also, mm -hmm. my suggestion would be that if the listeners are seeking to really make an offering that's going to make an impact you know past mm -hmm. all of these crazy times past the wild times that we're in now and and to be able to hold them in the years to come mm. then really it, rather than getting stuck in and mucky instead you know put on your hard hat grab your clipboard and take a really strong solid audit of what's happening and from mm. there begin to arrange and make sense of okay what are what really are my needs <laughs> get there what what thing is actually arising that could be really fulfilling that if i mm -hmm. into my pleasure i can find a way there that means that actually maybe this other area where my my sensory experience is not coming to life in the way I expected maybe I've just abandoned that as like okay mm -hmm. that's that's not the one anymore but let this, it go you know this can grow um mm. a little bit because yeah the moon's going to be in Aries by the time people are listening to this so focusing mm -hmm. on the individual the self and and doing so guiltlessly, you know, really yeah, recognizing yeah. that there's there's guilt available if we want it, but we don't have to yes. gobble it up. <laughs> yes, love that. And yeah, and I think that it's such such a mind trap to get out of that guilt of when we give ourselves what we need. There's like the oh, but I shouldn't be doing this, or mm -hmm. you know, there's I have to do more in order to deserve it, yes. or you know, whatever yeah. our specific guilt little. Trap is that those um those three Pluto Jupiter and Saturn they they have lots of relationships to ideas around guilt and greed and mm. they imagine if those ones who are dancing the great dance of destruction on all of our behalfs started to feel guilty you know mm. oh, I should oh, you know we need them like we need them to dance that dance of destruction and in the same way we are each needed to be in our place of pleasure because it's from there that we align and so don't don't yes. um yeah just like shake off those guilt monsters and and do what needs to be done yes give yourself what you need mm, love it oh well i hope that's helpful for the weekend ahead and the weeks ahead and i love that idea of taking the audit and, and I think it's interesting that kind of short term, long term vision and how at different times this year, it's been sometimes impossible to look past the day. And then I, I remember when I had a sense of be, actually being able to look three months ahead after months of just looking literally day to day. It was such an incredible experience. And I think now in that turning of the season, there is a, 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 an ability to kind of maybe look to next year and think about how you want that to feel and begin to open that up and plan gently for that much bigger chapter yeah. which is ahead yeah. of us rather than this kind of four walls situation we've been in so love yeah. love that feedback thank you and just checking in on how how it is you uh -huh. work with people what your offerings are and and where everybody yeah, yeah. can find well you. people can find me on instagram beloved Sarah Zoltash. I also mm -hmm. have a Facebook page, Beloved Sarah Zoltash. I have a website, Beloved Sarah Zoltash. And basically, I am the only person Wait. called Sarah Zoltash in the world. So if you just put my name on the internet, yes. Are you, yeah. are you also one of those? Yeah, the only exactly. in the world too. Hey, yeah, 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 I know. It's so, <laughs> we are in this time of um, algorithms, it's such a blessing to have a totally 
okay and um mm. so people can find Literally. me like that and then once you find me my various right. offerings are obviously astrology and also work mm-hmm. with people doing grief tending in one-to-one and sometimes mm-hmm. combining those two I find that clients really benefit from us working for a few weeks or however long they need where having their chart having understood mm-hmm. some factors about their chart and then whatever pieces they're moving through we all move through grief at different times and different ways and to yeah. understand those you know to work with grief but also have your map that's basically what that is and I also offer ancestral Beautiful. lineage healing in the tradition the modality mm. created by Daniel Four of ancestral healing and I also always with clients will offer if they want it um guidance was herbal practices life practices I mean mm. that's a kind of uh, innocuous way of saying I offer them spells and then let them conduct the spells if they wish to conduct the spells um but yeah people can come Fantastic. to me for that too and and Beautiful. I also, in, to try to kind of share this with people and to be of service, I have been holding these protocols, these astrological protocols, where I bring lots of those skills together. And there are it's a three-part mm-hmm. process for maximum of 13 participants, like a little short um, school mm-hmm. that we're all in together. And it begins with a group Beautiful. process, and then we have a one-to-one reading per participant in the middle, and then a group session after that I'm currently in the purpose protocol. We're looking at like the North Node and your Ascendant mm-hmm. and various other things to do with the purpose in your lifetime. And I really, really love doing those because um, I think pe- sometimes people just want a chart reading and that's great. Sometimes people are moving through something and that's really mm-hmm. good. But I really believe in the value of the integration magic that I put on either side in the in the group calls it's like yeah. yeah have all of the information but how about you have a bit of a guided meditation and some other juju to go with it mm-hmm. and, uh, and people mm. really like they've been going Fantastic. well so basically i just people right. contact me i ask them how i can be of service and we move forward from there love it it's beautiful so many ways to work with you and get grounded and clear on yes. the way ahead yes. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's a complete delight to talk with you. I always learn about 10 things after having a conversation with you, which I love. Um, So thank you for making time. And I, yeah, I would really encourage everybody to look Sarah up, to learn from her and also to tune into the podcast, which I know you guys are having a break this week, but with the next new moon, um, yeah, sort, sort out the Ritual Sex Astrology yeah. podcast, which is yeah. a joy to receive. Yeah, mm. it's on Spotify, Anchor. It's like it's basically everywhere that we could make it available. My dream is that it's more available than condoms. We'll get there, you know. Absolutely. Well, I hope this podcast will help get a few more people tuned in and tuned into their bodies and yeah. the cosmos. Thank you so so much. a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much, beloved so Sarah Zoltash. Bye 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 bye. Oh, what a bright, passionate and vibrant woman beloved Sarah Zoltash is. I love it always feel energized from connecting with her and I hope you all have too. So something I loved that Sarah shared at the beginning of the conversation was talking about how 
she really uses her life as her medium uh, and that's that's such an incredible reflection of her artistic soul and I really feel like that goes for all of us right now we are being given this incredible opportunity to reimagine to reprioritize and recreate how and who we are in the world and there's so much that's breaking down there is this building site this rubble that we're kind of standing amongst and tending our garden differently and focusing on what moves us what we feel passionate about um, and really creating input into recreating lives with more meaning and um, just living from the heart more with more pleasure and peace and joy feels like such such a good intention right now and I think that's really behind this podcast too it's wanting to make a space for softness wanting to understand how people are inquiring and really digging deep to find this understanding of how to be in pleasure and aligned with pleasure and desire because it's such an incredible map for us and I love the human characteristics that Sarah brings to the celestial bodies that she's so um, adept at interpreting and I hope you all enjoyed that too because there were some fantastic pieces of um, guidance in what Sarah shared. So I urge you to find uh, Sarah's podcast which is the Ritual Sex Astrology podcast. It comes out every new and full moon and you can find that on Spotify and on SoundCloud and many other platforms where podcasts live. And you can find more of Sarah's work if you're interested to explore her offerings at belovedsarahzoltash.com and on Instagram at belovedsarahzoltash. And you can find me and my creative musings on Instagram at sophiashawcon. Please join and follow along because it really is your witness that gives my work power. And there's lots of exciting things coming up. Um, And yeah, I just hope you all have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, I've got an incredible guest who is uh, the fabulous Roxy Fox, who is a very talented sex educator, adult film, film producer, and very sexually empowered female um, who I am so excited to bring to all of you for a very raw, truthful conversation with her. So sending love and take good care and thank you so much for joining me this week. Lots of love. Bye bye.